Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels every moment of our lives. Janae, many years ago, in my previous life, I used to direct a child care center for school-age kids. And I had a staff, a pretty large staff, and they ranged in age from, so I think the youngest was probably 18, and my oldest staff member was 72 years old. That's a big range. It was a big range, and I liked having all the diversity on the staff, different races, different genders, and really big spans in age. But something happened one time that really kind of opened my eyes to something that I was really unaware of. That my, my worker that was 72 was also an African-American woman. She was from the South, and she had some physical challenges. She was a little bit slower physically, and so she spent more of the time maybe at tables, working on table games and things with the kids, as opposed to being out leading sports. And she came to me one day, and she complained about another staff member who was a woman, probably in her late 20s, early 30s, and complained that this woman was racist and that she was feeling that there were definite, there was definitely racial tension between them, and she wanted me to speak with her about it because it was unacceptable in the workplace. Wow. And I agreed, it's unacceptable in the workplace. So I, I pulled the rec leader aside and spoke to her privately about the concerns that this woman had raised. She looked at me aghast that she would possibly be accused of being racist, and she defended herself vehemently that she did not, she did not hold any prejudice against this woman because of her race, it was because she was old. <gasps> and I was taken aback. I thought, well, that's not better. You know, you're still having an opinion about a person that's based on something that they can't control, their age, and you were, you know, you were in the wrong. So it took a long time for her to kind of wrap her head around that she had to stop being ageist. And I have to confess, it took me some time, too, to think about, you know, was this, how was this manifesting? Here, this person was slower than my 18, 19, 25-year-olds. She couldn't lead the sports and games. So what they deemed as preferential treatment, I just saw as working to people's strengths. Adapting right. to, yes, I can see that. So it was, I want to talk about ageism. I want to talk about ageism today, too. You know, any ism, ageism, sexism, racism, is a, a socially constructed idea. And it's an idea of placing a group of people as other. Yes. And just like prejudice. It is a prejudice. I'm guilty of it. I know from an earlier conversation that we had, and maybe when we first started doing these podcasts, I talked about opinions that I carried for most of my life around older people based on my grandfather, that I took his example and extrapolated it out to every person who was older and assumed they would talk about history endlessly and that they would have this particular way of being that made me uncomfortable. It's, I mean, think about the movie Grumpy Old Men, right? <laughs> old men are grumpy, obviously. So, yeah, it's very much planting characteristics and attributes on a group of people. It's a stereotype. 
It is. I loved, there was a conversation I was listening to. It was a TED Talk. What's the woman's name? Ashton Applewhite. She had a TED Talk on ageism, and she used the line that it was prejudice against our own future self. Ooh, that hurts. Doesn't it? Looking out into that that future, that imagined future that we have, and we take on the mantle of age, and it becomes, we become slower, and all we want to talk about is history. We're going to be cloying and grabbing at younger people so we can get their attention. That sounds terrible. Where do these stereotypes start, do you think? Well, I think they start in childhood with when we're exposed to too few people that are of varied ages. If the only people, well, something happened with my son. My husband had some friends who were in their 80s and they smoked during the time when my son was maybe two or three years old. So we were driving downtown. My son looks out the window and he sees a teenager smoking. He says, what's wrong with that kid? And I went, well, well, I don't know, lots of things probably. But from a mother's perspective, there's lots of things wrong with this teenager. But he said, why is he smoking? That's something old people do. So I think that ageism begins that moment we fill in the blank with old people do this. And you can see it a lot with the media, the media pushing silly images of older people, the birthday cards that show old people in their diapers, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Religion often will be a little bit skewed toward looking after the poor darlings. Yeah. All kinds of things in our society push that image. Maybe it's why we become so anti-aging. I'm thinking when you mention those birthday cards, I think those start at 30 and 40, you know, the over the hill cards. How in the world are you over the hill at 30 or 40? But it's that the, the card is black and there's the death image there threatening you that your time has come. So we project this. We think it's, you know, we're laughing at it in our 20s and 30s. And then we adopt it. You know, we put that mantle on that we're wearing it. Back to the the jokes that we make about getting older. I really think that it's half joke, half fear. We're all, or many of us anyway, are afraid of getting older and afraid of what happens after that, the inevitable death that follows older age. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We make a joke about it. We belittle it. We try to invalidate, invalidate the whole phase of getting older. It's just a natural life process. We're never trying to forestall puberty. You know, hold on. You don't want to be growing up too fast. Hold on to childhood. And then, you know, puberty changes into adulthood. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the brakes on it. Stay in puberty longer. Right. You know, but we are bombarded from all sides about making sure we talked about going gray last time, but we bombarded on all sides on making sure that we don't look older, that our hair stays different color, differently colored than gray, that our skin has perfect tone. The whole thing, we have to look young. And to quote Ashton Applewhite, aging is not a problem to be fixed. It's not a disease. Aging is living. It's a natural, powerful, lifelong process that unites us all. So instead of looking at it as separating us all, as otherness, maybe, We could look at it as something that unites us all, some commonality we have in our humanity. 
I think it's exposure. Getting exposure to varied people of varied, uh, diverse ages, diverse types of people, because you will find certainly people in their 70s and 80s who are spry, you know, who are still really active. As a matter of fact, when my son was born, my mother was in her 80s. I stayed with her for a few weeks after his birth, and she would invite me to go with her with her walking group. Now, they left me in the dust. Wow. You know, they were on and they just went. And these were all women, 60, 70, 80 years old, that walked regularly. They loved to hike. They loved being out in nature. And they were not slow in any, in any definition of the word. I love seeing that. And you know, those would be people who have not taken on or internalized ageism. There's, as I looked into ageism, I realized that there are two types. There's externalized, the messages we're getting from our culture, the media, etc. And then there's internalized, which is a very powerful form of ageism because it's what we believe. So do we take those images that have been pushed at us from childhood and do we make them true for ourselves? Oh, now I need to slow down. Oh, my knee hurts. That means I'm old. All the, all the, do we look in the mirror and have this narrative about what and how wrinkles are ugly? I mean, actually, who decided that wrinkles are ugly, Mary? Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> It wasn't me either, but you know who it was, and this is a little sinister, perhaps, but it was the beauty industry, right? Yeah. I mean, what the, if we're satisfied, if we're content in ourselves, there's no money to be made. But if there's this thing that needs to be fixed and cured, wow, this is why we have a multi-billion dollar beauty industry. You know, even calling it the beauty industry, it implies that anything less than the image they're holding out isn't beautiful. That is a really good point. So talking about wrinkles, we look in the mirror and if we've bought into that narrative, we look into the mirror and we see ourselves as less than. We see ourselves as flawed. I also think that we project this onto younger people that they are going to see us as flawed. I have a friend who works in... Um, I believe it's for Facebook. We were out at a game. This was with a number of women. We were all the same age. It was a group of women I went to high school with. And someone was going to take the picture and post it on Facebook. And she said, oh, don't put my name on there. Don't, don't tag me in this at all. Because she didn't want her coworkers to be able to figure out her true age. Wow. Because her projection was they will treat her completely differently if they were to know that she was the age that she was at. Because most of the people she worked with were in their 20s and early 30s. So she's in there pretending to be closer right. to their age than the age she is. Mm -hmm. I wonder how that feels to be so inauthentic day in and day out. I, I think she feels it's a necessary evil. That right. in order to be taken seriously and to get ad advances in your work, yeah. we're seeing that older people have a hard time finding work. They hit... 50 and it becomes difficult for them to be hired on because people project ageism. They project certain beliefs about them. It's true, but you know, the more enlightened companies are taking a different view. They're looking at how diversity makes a company thrive. And diversity isn't just gender or nationality. Diversity also includes age. 
So you get the experience of the older people and the gung-ho enthusiasm, nothing can stop us, of the younger people, and it's a lovely combination. And I think it does take breaking down those walls of ageism to hire that person. When my mother, this is, uh, I've got, my background is working in alternative healthcare. When my mother had approached me at one time and again, she was in her 80s and she said she wanted me to come and talk to her friends and her community about Ayurveda and about alternative healthcare. And my belief system was that I was going to be met with this wall of opposition that that older people are closed-minded. Grumpy old people. Yeah, that they, you know, they've seen it, they've been there, they've done it. They're going to be cynical and they're going to be critical and I wasn't going to enjoy myself. And the exact opposite is what I found. I found a room full of people who were open and willing to listen to different points of view. They wanted to share things they had done when they were kids and how their mothers had treated their colds or flus and how they wanted to get back to more natural approaches. So I found this to be a whole new group, a whole new audience that I had projected into that they would be resistant. And that was my ageism. That was your ageism. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so those people obviously hadn't internalized the being closed off to the world stereotype mm -hmm. of ageism. And here's what research says about internalized ageism. It is well established that internalized ageism is associated with negative health outcomes with lower life expectancy, high blood pressure, reduced self-esteem, reduced risk-taking and motivation, isn't that interesting? And, and on the other side, people with more positive feelings toward aging, they just naturally walk faster. They do better on memory tests, even if they have the same amount of plaque as somebody else. They heal more quickly. They live longer. Isn't that interesting? So their attitude about their own aging, maybe they recognize that they don't have the physical strength they might have had. Or they may recognize there's more wrinkles, the skin doesn't have the tone or coloration it did before, but rather than thinking this is a problem to be fixed, this is a new, this is the new normal. And what can I do to embrace this? How can I maximize the strength that I do have? Yes. How can I make sure my skin is nourished from the inside so it retains its own radiance and elasticity even as I age? not taking on some outside product that's going to force my body yeah. to do. And something. how can I remember that I am so much more than my skin and my body? I turned 58 recently and I mentioned it to somebody who responded with, congratulations. It made me feel so good, like it was something I had accomplished. And so, Mary, when I look in that mirror and I see the wrinkles and whatnot, you know what I want to say to myself? Congratulations. This is a life well lived. These are smile lines. These are lines that show experience. Changing Definitely. the inner narrative. I think first I have to become aware of my inner narrative. Maybe looking at and thinking about looking in the mirror and observing those negative comments that come to the surface about what I look like or do I see my mother there? Do I see my father there? And, you know, and what does that feel like? Yeah, to awareness is a huge part of it, seeing the attitudes we have. Yeah, because if I'm not aware of it, I can't change it. Yes, 
Good point. And then I can start looking at, um, there's a story my niece tells. And she went to someone's house and it was beautiful. She just was so overwhelmed by how gorgeous every corner of the house was. And she wanted to create that for herself, but she wasn't sure how to start. So she asked the one, she goes, how did you create this? And she said, well, I started with this one corner because I thought this one corner was really beautiful. And I just built beauty out from there. And I wonder about like with my own attitudes, if I'm looking at myself, can I find a corner that I consider beautiful and build the beauty out from there? I love that. You know, what is it that I've, that I value about aging? What is it that you can celebrate about aging? about who you have become and are continuing to become and and then grow it out from there. Right. I always told people when my son was born, I was in my 40s, and I said I was a much better mother in my 40s than I would have been in my 20s or 30s. That it was, I was more open. I had more time. I'd accomplished things I wanted to accomplish as far as career-wise, and now I felt that I was willing to spend the time and the energy investing in some things that weren't so much professionally based. Beautiful. So building out my beauty from there. There you go. And I think I continue with that, that I'm looking for areas that I can thrive in as opposed to always challenging myself. Yeah, that's a really good thing to do. So we've got watch the inner narrative, watch the internalized and the externalized ageism. Yeah, call out that externalized ageism. They don't get to do that to you. So what do you do if you feel someone's treating you, if they're not seeing you, yet a lot of women our age start to complain about invisibility, or if you feel you're being treated other than because of your age? Well, that's a good question because it does require us to be willing to be seen. I think there's a part of it, if my inner narrative is that I'm somehow less than because I'm getting older. Maybe I'm projecting that out into the world. I don't find myself being invisible, and I think it's because my inner narrative doesn't go that direction. But if someone, I get this often because of my gray hair that people will assume I'm a grandmother instead of a mother if I'm at a high school game or something. And I just very clearly say, no, I'm the mother and not the grandmother. And I have usually astounded looks. (laughs) (laughs) about that but I think the more often that I just own my age in a really positive way I'm going to change people's inner narratives about what does aging look like or what can aging look like I love that you know I my son decided he wanted a skateboard for his birthday last week so I took him to people told us there was a local skateboarding store so we went Mm -hmm. we walked in and there were probably five young men who working there and they all had tattoos everywhere. The guy who helped us had a big nose ring just under his nostrils, you know, people different from the type I hang out with, you know, and I, I felt the ageism coming at me. I felt the divide between us and I decided I wasn't going to take that on. And so I just started joking with the guys. One of them had this beautiful dog that was part wolf and I started to talk to him and ask him questions. And by the time we left, not only did my kid have a skateboard, but I could feel that there was no division there. So I think sometimes we have to consciously practice non, we need a better word than non-ageism, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because if we have that belief system that we are of value and we are worthy, then we're going to be, that's going to come back to us, that we're going to be treated valuable and worthy as well. Because you think about it, these 
these others, these younger people, or maybe others that are our same age, they're projecting their own belief systems based on their limited range of experience. And, and so you changed their range of experience. I did. And I also caught myself doing ageism back on them. You know, ageism isn't just for the old people. We mm -hmm. also say young people these kids, days, kids, these, kids days. these days, the whole thing. So, you know, I had to let go of that too and see these people beyond the tattoos, beyond the nose rings, just for who they were. And they were lovely people. I think another way that we counter ageism is follow our passions. Do the things that we find interesting. Get out in the world. If you want to dance at a festival, dance at a festival. You know, the more you see people of different ages engaging in things like that, the less you believe that people of a certain age don't do that stuff. My aunt is 91 years old, and she still goes out every Saturday night and dances until the sun rises. Wow. <laughs> she doesn't move real fast, but she moves. And sometimes she'll post pictures of herself dancing with a handsome young man and Facebook. And, you know, the, the, everybody just loves somebody who breaks through the barriers, the stereotypical barriers. So I think what we're talking about today is challenging each and every one of us, ourselves included, to become aware of our own ageism and then recognize it, call it out for what it is, whether it's our internalized ageism or if we're out in the world and we get treated in a way that makes us feel old and less than. Yeah, let's see. Instead of seeing getting older as this inevitable and horrible thing, let's see it as a powerful phase of life, something that we've worked for and something that we can celebrate. I mean, longevity is here to stay, right? <laughs> so why don't we take it on? And rather than, as we've said, rather than look at it as a disease or something to be fixed, look at it as a powerful and profound stage of life. Well, that sounds good to me. Me too. Thanks, Janae. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Mary Thompson. And Janae Anderson signing off.